On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, Tesla held its Q2 earnings call to discuss its just-completed monster quarter, and I've got audio clips from Elon Musk and the Tesla executive team, including updates on Cybertruck, transferring your FSD to a new car, yes, they're finally doing it, and more. What's happening, Tesla friends, alongside two sleepy and happy doggos over here? I'm Ryan McCaffrey. This is Ride the Lightning, your weekly Tesla unofficial podcast for July 23rd, 2023. There is so much to get to. Now, last week, as I had warned you, I recorded early. And as it turned out, I still, even if I'd recorded at my usual Friday night time, I still would have missed an incredibly noteworthy bit of Tesla news that we'll be talking more about from the earnings call. Tesla posted it on their Twitter account at 12.46 a.m. Pacific time, late Friday night slash Saturday morning. And that is a photo of a Cybertruck at Giga Texas, surrounded by employees with the caption, first Cybertruck built at Giga Texas. And I presume the folks surrounding it were the Giga Texas General Assembly team. Now, uh, this set, of course, the Tesla community a, a-, a flutter with-, with a lot of chatter, as you might expect. People are wondering, well, wait a second. Is this the first production truck? First, first something else? It- it- has production started? What's going on here? And the Q2 shareholder letter, which I'm going to give you the highlights of here in a few minutes, later clarified that this was the first release candidate truck not the first production truck. And if you're still wondering, well, wait a minute, huh? First one in Texas, they've been running around all over the place. Well, don't you think it's a coincidence that all the sightings have been in the San Francisco Bay Area where all the Tesla engineers, it's not a coincidence. Those those trucks more or less confirm what I had heard previously, which was that the prototypes, the camouflaged ones and otherwise, that we've been seeing were all built in Fremont. But now release candidate production is underway on the production line at Giga Texas. And it none of that matters. What really matters is this is a massive milestone. In fact, I'm reminded of a quote from one of my all-time favorite video games, one of the villains from that game. Take a listen to this very quick clip from Halo 2, which is what I was thinking about when I heard that this milestone had been achieved at Giga Texas. There are those who said this day would never come. What are they to say now? And you know, that quote really does apply because there are a lot of people out there that thought because of how weird, how different, just how out there the Cybertruck is, that it really wasn't ever going to get made that it was just a publicity stunt and that Tesla was going to make a quote-unquote normal truck. So that thought definitely popped into my head. And even for the people who did believe that the truck was real, all of us, this is still a significant milestone because it represents a huge step towards more Cybertrucks beyond just one getting made. And specifically, it's a massive step towards 
your Cybertruck getting made and my Cybertruck. So congratulations to that Giga Texas team for this big first step because making a brand new vehicle on a brand new production line is no small feat. Next up, we're in the NACS minute of the podcast here up front. Nissan is the latest to sign on to the North American Charging Standard Coalition, but there is an odd little detail about it that I think is notable. From Nissan's press release, they say, Nissan has reached an agreement with Tesla to adopt the North American Charging Standard beginning in 2025, providing Nissan customers even more choices when it comes to charging their electric vehicle. Nissan is the first Japanese automaker to announce future product support for NACS. From 2024, Nissan will make available a NACS charging adapter for Aria models, which are currently equipped with the CCS1 for DC fast charging. This will enable customers to connect their vehicle's charging port to NACS plugs at compatible chargers. So what's interesting, the strange part there, is that only the brand new Nissan Aria was mentioned, meaning that the Nissan Leaf, which there are many, many, many of out there, is omitted. I mean, I don't know why. Perhaps the current Leaf can't handle supercharging throughputs or has some other onboard charging limitation. I'm just not quite sure if, if anybody smarter than me out there knows why the Leaf is being omitted from a sort of, if, if it is a technical reason, I, I would have to imagine it's gotta be a technical reason. It wouldn't just be a, a, a marketing decision or a or product choice because there are so many Leaf owners out there. But I guess what I'm gonna take out of this optimistically is hopefully there's going to be a third generation Leaf out in or around 2025 that will be NACS compatible that Nissan simply hasn't announced yet. But regardless, I am glad to have Nissan on board. It's, it's good for everyone. I think everybody's glad, not just me. Hey, real quick, uh, those of you that are kind enough to back my Ride the Lightning podcast efforts on Patreon, which you can do on my Patreon page at patreon.com slash Podcast. So those of you at that $10 a month ludicrous tier or higher, I hope all of you enjoyed this week's Lightning Round mini episode which was about the design inspirations for the Cybertruck according to Franz von Holzhausen. Yes, this is straight from Franz via Walter Isaacson, the biographer who is currently about to release a biography about an authorized biography about Elon Musk. He posted quite the anecdote about this and quite the photo showing some early sketches for the Cybertruck before they landed on the design we have now. So I did a whole mini, uh, mini lightning round episode about that for those of you on Patreon. And if, if now is the time, if you're thinking, well, I'd like to hear that and maybe the other 50 something lightning rounds that you've done, Ryan, and also support you uh, for doing this podcast, which again, it's always voluntary. Podcasts will always be free. But if you do want to jump on that Patreon, which I would be humbled and grateful if you chose to do. And in return, you would get not only early access to each week's episode, but you'd get access at that ludicrous tier, that $10 a month tier, to those lightning round mini episodes every week, including the other 50-something of them in the back catalog. So you can go on that Patreon page again, patreon.com slash Podcast to 
do that or just find out more information. There's also that free seven-day trial of, uh, of that $10 a month tier if you want to just jump on and try it out as well. A number of you have been doing that, which has been cool to see. Oh, and before I get started with the shareholder letter and earnings call, I want to real quick thank loyal listener and Patreon backer Pitt from Switzerland for making time to hang out with me and chat on his visit to California this week. And he was nice enough to bring me more Giga Beer, which he can buy and I can't. So I've now got a decent stash of Giga Beer, thanks to the, the generosity of Pitt, and I would like to share that wealth. So I'm gonna bring a few bottles of Giga Beer with me to the Tesla takeover, which as you may have heard at the end of the last couple episodes, I've been mentioning I'm gonna be uh, moderating a panel there and also just doing a meet and greet there as well. So if you, if you plan to be there and you'd like to say hi to me, I hope you will. I'd love to say hi to you. And if you have an interest in sharing or trying, I should say, trying Giga Beer, uh, I will hand out a few bottles to the first few people that are kind enough to ask me. So this is all, I will caveat this. This is assuming I remember to bring the Giga Beer in the car with me. There is a decent chance that I will forget, but I'm gonna make, make a note to myself and hopefully have it with me so I can share that with some of you. All right, here we go. Tesla's Q2 2023 shareholder letter. I will start there as I always do and then move to the earnings call and the different clips from Elon Musk and the Tesla executives that I have lined up for that. The shareholder letter summary began as such. Q2 2023 was a record quarter on many levels with our best ever production and deliveries and revenue approaching $25 billion in a single quarter. Emphasis mine on that. We are excited that we were able to achieve such results given the macroeconomic environment we are currently in. Our operating margin remained healthy at approximately 10%, even with price reductions in Q1 and early Q2. This reflects our ongoing cost reduction efforts, the continued production ramp success in Berlin and Texas, and the strong performance of our energy and services and other businesses. Our commitment to being at the forefront of AI development entered a new chapter with the start of production of Dojo training computers. We are hopeful that our immense neural net training needs will be satisfied using our in-house designed Dojo hardware. The better the neural net training capability, the greater the opportunity for our autopilot team to iterate on new solutions. In conclusion, we are focusing on cost reduction, new product development that will enable future growth, investments in R&D, better vehicle financing options. On that note, Tesla introduced a seven-year, in other words, an 84-month financing option today as I record this Friday continuous product improvement and generation of free cash flow. The challenges of these uncertain times are not over, but we believe we have the right ingredients for the long-term success of the business through a variety of high potential projects. So all good there. Let's dig into the shareholder letter a little deeper. So they mentioned that Cybertruck factory tooling on track producing RC release candidate builds. So the first one of those release candidate builds I told you about at the very top of the podcast. By the way, you can mark the date on that Friday, July 14th as the day that the first release candidate Cybertruck 
was built at Giga Texas. And just in case, by the way, if you happen to be newer to the Tesla world and you're not quite sure what release candidate means, so release candidate is the term that Tesla borrows from software development. And basically a release candidate is the last step before the vehicle goes into production and is sold to the public. It's the final, final checks for bugs, be they software, hardware, or general assembly related. And generally speaking, a release candidate vehicle is like basically 99% final. So in short, we are very close now to Cybertruck general production. The next little piece that I wanted to pull out of the shareholder letter, Tesla mentions Model Y became the best-selling vehicle globally in Q1. Now, I found it odd that they mentioned this again, but I suppose it's because it's now 100% official, whereas back on the Q1 call, the last time they mentioned this, it was looking that way, but it wasn't totally confirmed. And thus, I expect that we will hear this again on the next call, that it was also the world's number one seller in Q2. Thus, should that come to pass, making it the best-selling car in the entire world for all of 2023 so far. They also mention in the shareholder letter, quarter-end cash, cash equivalents, and investments increased sequentially by $0.7 billion, or $700 million, to $23.1 billion in Q2, driven mainly by free cash flow of a billion dollars, partially offset by other financing activities, including debt repayments. $23 billion, 23.1. If you've been listening to this podcast long enough, you know by now that I'm only mentioning this because I am just continually astounded at the growing Scrooge McDuck-like silo of cash that Tesla has in the bank. And really, if... And the reason I, I smile and laugh about that is because if you were to go back and listen to old episodes of this podcast, specifically go back and listen to earnings call episodes from before 2019, you would hear how Tesla every single time would lose some amount of money every quarter. They were in the red by some amount every quarter, sometimes a lot, usually a little, and now, I just, again, I get such a kick out of it, having followed this for so long, quarter after quarter, Tesla just adds more cash to the pile, and I picture the Joker's pile of the mob boss's money in the Dark Knight well, before he sets fire to it. But that's, that's just what it looks like. That's what I see in my mind's eye. Uh, the next little part from the shareholder letter that I think is relevant so when Tesla mentions their different regions and what's going on in each region, for the United States region, which they have listed, of course, as California, Nevada, and Texas, they say, at Gigafactory Texas, in addition to the continued success of the Model Y ramp, we are also working on equipment installation for Cybertruck production, which remains on track for initial deliveries this year. We have made notable progress on yield improvement of our 4680 cell production lines. We continue building capacity for cathode production and lithium refining in the U.S. So one possible, just one possible, just you've got to mention it just to not get too far ahead of ourselves. A possible yellow flag 
on both this shareholder letter and the earnings call that we're about to hear clips from. Tesla is now saying just, quote unquote, this year for the first Cybertruck deliveries. I still think it's going to be near the end of September, this quarter. I think it is going to come soon, especially since we've had the release candidates now in production in July on the Giga Texas production line. But I think this wording on Tesla is very deliberate. It is a cover your backside bit of messaging so that if for some reason the first deliveries of the Cybertruck slip into the first half of October, then no one can call it quote unquote late or delayed or I guess more accurately delayed again. So there's my two cents there. Next up, my favorite part of every shareholder letter, the installed annual vehicle capacity chart. And there are no notable changes. You have in California, SNX, the capacity, 100,000 status production. 3NY in California, the same 550,000 combined production capacity status, of course, production. Shanghai, you have the 3 and the Y, a capacity still listed as greater than 750,000 in production. Berlin, Model Y, capacity, 375,000 production. Texas, Model Y, greater than 250,000 production. Cybertruck, still listed as tooling. And then various, in other words, it's going to be made in more than one region, as we all already knew or at least suspected. Next-gen platform, listed as in development. And region TBD, Roadster, status, still in development. It has stayed there in ink, and the Cybertruck still showing as tooling, which it's been that way for a while. But I'll say for real this time, I think I might have said this on the last earnings call recap, but for real this time, on the next shareholder letter, we should see Cybertruck flip from tooling to production. Under vehicle and other software, Tesla writes, for customers getting a Model 3 or Y for the first time, we launched the get to know your Tesla experience where users can adjust their seats, mirrors, steering wheel, set up the phone key, and learn about topics such as regenerative braking. To help customers discover ongoing improvements in software updates, we now highlight new features directly in the UI, encourage users to try features they may have missed, and added the ability to search controls. To me, this is huge for onboarding new owners. Just huge. I have been calling for something like this since I first spearheaded the owner volunteering efforts at the delivery centers at the end of quarters back in 2018. Maybe it was 20. I think it was 2018. Anyway, I saw the need for this kind of education when I would help the Tesla team at the end of the quarters with deliveries. When I'd be helping people, showing them around their new car, I just saw this need over and over again. And obviously, it's not as if Tesla didn't care. This kind of software effort is not easy. And the Tesla software team is, they're lean, they're mean, and they're busy. They've got a ton of priorities, right? So I'm glad they finally got this done. So thrilled to see this in the cars now. And I want to say bravo to the Tesla software team that got this software project done. Next... 
the battery powertrain and manufacturing section, they write, we are now testing Cybertruck vehicles around the world for final certification and validation. This might be the most unique vehicle product in decades. With that comes trialing and testing new technologies. As far as we know, Cybertruck will be the first sub 19 foot truck fitting into a garage that has both four doors and a six plus foot bed. Both technologically and architecturally, this vehicle will break a lot of boundaries, very much in line with how we think about vehicle engineering and manufacturing. So it looks like the Cybertruck did end up being just a touch smaller than the prototype. And I say that because remember that Elon had very specifically and intentionally benchmarked the initial Cybertruck prototype against the Ford F-150 right from the jump. He had said it's the exact same size as the F-150 that Tesla wasn't cheating in any way by making it bigger. And if you look at any photos of the newest builds of the Cybertruck, those release candidates, you can see how far forward the cabin is pushed. The front end of the Cybertruck is certainly by appearance, and I mean, I've had the privilege of being up close to it. The front end of the Cybertruck is shorter than all four of the other Teslas by a lot. And it's much shorter than the front end of any pickup truck that has to make space for a, an internal combustion engine up there. Although I will say, even though it's a lot shorter than the other Teslas up front, the frunk still looks like it's going to be pretty darn big and very functional. All right, uh, let's get started with the earnings call now. I start as always with Elon's opening statement. This one was a long one, nine minutes long. Buckle up and enjoy. In Q2, we achieved record vehicle production and deliveries and record revenue of about $25 billion in a single quarter. And Model Y became the best-selling vehicle of any kind uh, globally in Q1, surpassing the likes of, the likes of Corolla uh, and Golf. So it was the number one vehicle of any kind, including vehicles uh, that are at a seller at a lower price. This is, I think, an incredible achievement by the Tesla team and just a, a huge thank you to our customers uh, for, for their support. Um, so, and, and this, is, this came in spite of high interest rates um, and a lot of macro uncertainty. Um, and nonetheless, uh, we managed to achieve operating margin of about 10%. Um, we continue to uh, target uh, 1.8 million vehicle deliveries this year. Um, although we expect that Q3 uh, production uh, will be a little bit down because we've got uh, summer shutdowns to for, for a, a lot of factory upgrades. Uh, so um, just just probably a slight decrease in production in Q3 um, for sort of global uh, factory upgrades. Um, yeah, in the long term, uh, autonomy we think is going to just drive volume through the ceiling next level, um, and uh, and our sort of future robotaxi uh, products, um, dedicated robotaxi products, uh, we think have like quasi-infinite demand. Um, so, uh, and, uh, we're, we're, the way we're going to manufacture um, the robotaxi is, is also itself a revolution. And so it's a revolutionary design made in a revolutionary way. 
it'll be by, by far the highest uh, units per hour of, of any vehicle production ever. Um, so very excited about that. Um, with respect to autopilot and dojo, in order to build autonomy, we also need to train our neural net with uh, data from uh, millions of vehicles. Uh, the more, I mean, th this has been proven over and over again, the more training data you have, the better the results. Um, and um, I mean, there are times where we see basically uh, in a neural net, uh, basically it, it, it sort of, at a million training examples, it barely works. At two million, it's it slightly works. At three million, it's like wow, okay, we're seeing something. But then you get to like ten million training examples. It's it's like it becomes incredible. Um, so uh, you just there's just there's just no substitute for a massive amount of data. Uh, and obviously Tesla has more vehicles on the road um, that, that are collecting this data than all of the companies combined by I think maybe even an order of magnitude. So I think we might we might have ninety percent of all or a very big number. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, the success in AI endeavors is a function of talent, uh, uh, sort of unique data, and uh, computing resources. Um, and, and we um, have outstanding capabilities in all, all three arenas. Um, and I really just don't know how anyone, anyone could, could do what we're doing, even if they had our software and had our computer, if they did not have the, the, the training data. So um, speaking of which, our, our Dojo training computer is designed to significantly reduce the cost of neural net training. Um, it, it is designed to, it, it's, it's, it's somewhat optimized for the kind of training that we need, which is a video training. Um, so, uh, you know, we, we just see that the, the need for, Neural net training, again, talking about you know, quasi-infinite things, uh, is is just enormous. Um, so, uh, I think having having we 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 expect to use both Nvidia and Dojo, to be clear. Um, uh, but there's there's um, we we just see a demand for really uh, vast training resources. Um, and uh, we we think we may reach in-house neural net neural net training uh, capability of uh, 100 exaflops by the end of next year. So um, to, to date, uh, over 300 million miles have been driven using FSD beta. Uh, that 300 million mile number is going to seem very small very quickly. Very, very, uh, it'll, it'll soon be billions of miles, then tens of billions of miles. Um, and um, FSD will, will go from being better, from being as good as a human to then being vastly better than a human, we, we see a clear path to uh, full self-driving being uh, 10 times uh, safer than the average human driver. So, um, and between autopilot, our Dojo computer, um, our uh, inference hardware in the car, which we call sort of hardware three, four, you know, but it's really dedicated. It's a, it's a, it's a high-efficiency inference computer that's in the car, uh, and our Optimus robot. Um, Tesla is clearly at the cutting edge of uh, AI development. Uh, to, uh, with regard to our Cybertruck, we continue to build uh, release candidates of the Cybertruck um, on our final production line in Austin. I'm, I'm actually here in Austin at the Gigafactory. Um, uh, 
This is the first truck that we're aware of that will have four doors over a six-foot bed and will fit into a 20-foot garage. So it's it's a it's sort of biggish on the outside, but it's even bigger on the inside. So it's a, I think that's a one of the, one of the elements of good design is it should feel bigger on the inside than it looks on the outside. Um, and and this is this is no small car, but we we we've re, we really cared about the exterior dimensions of the Cybertruck down to the last millimeter. Um, so it's, it's, it's just we trying to get right in the middle of the Goldilocks zone, not too big, not too small. Um, and, and then really maximize the, the utility of the volume. And uh, we can't uh, wait to start uh, delivering it later this year. Some, uh, some other highlights, our global supercharging network uh, now stands at over 50,000, roughly, roughly 50,000 connectors and over 5,000 locations. Um, as I think a lot of people are aware, um, uh, the Tesla starting, the, the Tesla charging standard, uh, which we made open source, and it's now called the North American Charging Standard. Um, we're, we're deeply honored that uh, Ford, GM, Mercedes, uh, and many other OEMs uh, ha have signed up to uh, use our connector uh, and gain access to our charging network. Um, uh, you know, we, we, we strongly believe in helping um, uh, other, other car companies to uh, accelerate the EV revolution and um, just trying to do the right thing in general. So that's our goal there. Um, um, then um, it's something I think I, I, I want to emphasize uh, like very, very strongly, this is a very important point, um, is that um, Tesla, uh, just as with the, the North American charging standard, although we're not licensing, in that case, we're not licensing, we're just making it available. <laughs> but, but we are... Um, very open to licensing our full self-driving software and hardware to other car companies. Um, and we are already in discussions with, uh, early, dis early discussions with uh, a major OEM uh, about using the Tesla FSD. Um, so uh, we're, we're not trying to keep this to ourselves. We're more than happy to, to license it to others. Uh, and lastly, our new lithium refinery and cathode facility are progressing well. Um, uh, then in conclusion, uh, we continue to focus on making as many cars as we can uh, while maintaining healthy financials. Our artificial intelligence development is obviously entering a new era, uh, and um, we're incredibly excited about what's to come. Our other businesses, such as Megapack, Supercharging, Service, and whatnot, all started to become a, a meaningful contributor to overall profitability uh, this quarter. Um, and uh, then lastly, I'd just like to... Uh, Profusely thank all of our, our employees for making a lot of extra effort during uncertain times. Uh, thank you very much for your hard work and the impact you're making. All right, let's start with the Q3 expectation setting that Elon did early in that nine-minute opening statement. It would seem that Tesla is trying to tell us that Q3 production, we'll see about deliveries, but Q3 production might be either flat quarter over quarter, or possibly even a bit down from Q2 on account of the factory upgrades that he mentioned. Now, what might he be talking about? Well, it's quite obvious, of course. Project Highland. He's no doubt referring to both the Fremont factory and Giga Shanghai as the two factories that are going to see downtime for retooling of the Model 3 lines. 
Now, perhaps the plan changed from what Reuters had reported way back that Shanghai was gonna get Highland out first. Maybe Tesla is now trying to make it a global launch of the new Model 3, which would make sense, right? You don't wanna Osborne the existing Model 3 in the US as I've touched on before. Now, as for his mention of release candidate Cybertrucks being made on the production line, I was pretty surprised that we didn't end up hearing too much at all about the Cybertruck, really, in this entire call for how close to the finish line it is. Now, perhaps that's intentional. Maybe Tesla is trying to stay as quiet about it as they can here in the home stretch so that they don't get people, say, holding off on buying another Tesla because they're waiting for the Cybertruck to come out. That and or they know they're gonna be letting all of the proverbial cyber cats out of all of these cyber bags at the delivery event, and thus they're keeping their powder dry for that. They did mention one new thing at least. This is the first time as uh, that I can recall that Tesla has confirmed the length of the final Cybertruck. So that's something at least. And then of course the other big news in that opening statement that Tesla is in early discussions with another automaker to license their FSD tech, the autopilot tech. My guess here, and this is not exactly like some Nostradamus genius prediction, but my guess is Ford. I say Ford because Rivian already has their own. Like Rivian is, is structured like Tesla where they're an EV only startup that's, that's got a very software focused mindset. You know, they're, they're clearly following the Tesla blueprint and they've made it two great products to start off and I wish them well. And they're, they're, they've already joined the NACS coalition. So all good there. But I think Rivian, I mean, they are already working on their own. You can use it. You can use the, the basic version of what they've got in a Rivian now. So I think they're going to stay on their own path, at least for the time being. And the reason I say Ford is, well, Ford has a good relationship with Tesla, specifically Elon and Jim Farley seem to have a good relationship. And Jim was on a podcast recently that I saw a clip of online where he talked about how insanely difficult it is to do software in a car. Now, I recognize that Ford has their own system right now, Blue Cruise, but they could still probably call it Blue Cruise and just license Tesla's autopilot software and hardware for computer and then obviously buy their own eight camera surround sound, you know, surround camera setup for their cars to take them to the next level, right? That is, that is entirely possible. I think you can rule out Dodge slash Stellantis. Again, I think you can rule out Rivian. You can probably also rule out the Volkswagen group, even though they've been uh, trying their best to do a lot of EVs and, and successfully so. They've got a lot on the market relative to other legacy automakers. Volkswagen Group, if you haven't heard over the last week or so, they are currently bleeding money. They are, they are hurting right now. So I don't see them looking to potentially spend what I would imagine to be billions of dollars licensing the FSD system from Tesla. That, that I can't imagine that license is gonna come cheap, nor should it. We're gonna hear more about really why later on in the call about what goes in 
to building FSD, this entire insane project that we are witnessing the evolving fruits of, of their labor on. So I think it's Ford. We'll see. We'll find out sooner or later. Uh, real quick here before I move on to the next couple, well, several. I have plenty of clips from the earnings call. I want to stop and mention a couple friends of the podcast. I'm going to start with Bird Dogs again. If you go to birddogs.com slash RTL or just birddogs.com and use the promo code RTL at checkout on anything you, that you might buy, you'll get a free tumbler with your purchase. I've got one. It's very nice. But I have to say, I did, as promised, take my Bird Dogs pants and shorts for a road test to St. Louis where it was good and toasty and the the khaki pants were really nice. I got to say that the shorts in particular were really comfortable. They have a liner in them. So I, I really liked it. The fit was nice. The look was nice. So the Bird Dogs stretch khaki shorts, they're designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and the leg, giving you that sculpted look. I mean, I need all the help I can get. Kind of think of it kind of like Lululemon, but with a way, a way better fit and definitely a better fit than regular shorts that are made of uh, stiff, restrictive cotton. So it, with Bird Dogs, they invented a cloud knit fabric that looks light, looks just like khaki, and I definitely vouch for that, but stretches so that you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. It's a sweat wicking fabric, which I, after uh, a July weekend in St. Louis, I can also attest to being <laughs> as a true statement. It'll keep you cool and dry all day long. So I'm really digging my joggers, really like the shorts. The khaki pants are nice as well. So uh, check them out for all you guys out there. Birddogs.com slash RTL. Again, I mentioned their, their sense of humor that will become obvious as soon as you get to the website. So the, all, all the, the pants and shorts, the individual uh, you know items, basically, they all have funny names. So it's just fun to even poke around their website. But go to birddogs.com slash RTL. And again, anything that you buy will get you a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. Birddogs.com slash RTL. Or just use the promo code RTL at checkout. B-I-R-D-D-O-G-S. Dot com. And then AccelerateAuto.com, the X-Care extended warranty package. So as you heard last week, they now do battery and drive unit coverage, which even Tesla doesn't do on their extended warranty. So really a, a big deal, a significant differentiator between the X-Care extended warranty option and Tesla's extended warranty option. Uh, they cover everything that Tesla's does. They have the $100 deductible, 24-7 roadside assistance, uh, rental reimbursement, and trip interruption coverage. Those last two, the rental reimbursement and trip interruption coverage, Tesla doesn't offer those. So Xcare really starting to separate themselves uh, from a features perspective from the Tesla extended warranty. So there's a $100 off discount for you if you use the discount code Lightning. So if you want to browse their different policies, again, they offer policies that go up to 10 years and up to 125,000 miles. But you don't have to go that far. I have a three-year, 40,000-mile extended warranty policy myself on my car. So check them out. See what's right for you. Accelerateauto.com slash Xcare. That's X 
C-E-L-E-R-A-T-E-A-U-T-O.com slash X-C-A-R-E. And don't forget that discount code LIGHTNING for $100 off of your policy. And also, if you want to win a Tesla of your choosing, including a Cybertruck, that is on the menu here, while also helping a great cause while you're at it, time is running out to get in on the Tesla raffle, the ninth annual, I should add, ninth annual Tesla raffle from the Chicago Chesed Fund. They are a nonprofit organization dedicated to helping families in crisis. They're funding 80 plus programs and services right now with the goal of helping families get back on their feet by offering goods and services like food, furniture, jobs, etc. And as I mentioned, you can win through this raffle any Tesla SX3Y or Cybertruck, or if you'd prefer, if you win, $50,000 in cash. For your chance to win, head to ccfraffle.com where you can get $25 off of two tickets or $500 off of 15 tickets by using the promo code RTL. The early bird is over. The main raffle is coming up on Sunday, August 20th. And tickets will be available either till then or more likely until they sell out. They're only doing 9,999 tickets. So you'll have a decent chance to win, particularly if you take advantage of buying that, uh, that you know, two, two or more tickets at a time. So get your tickets today before they sell out. CCFRaffle.com. Use the promo code RTL to get that $25 discount on two tickets or $500 off of 15 tickets. That's ccfraffle.com promo code RTL. All right, now we get to the retail investor questions, the most upvoted questions from all of us out there that have shares in Tesla. You can go on, you can type in your question if other Retail, retail shareholders, upvote it. Your question has a chance to get asked on the call as the next several clips will attest. So the first question asked by the retail investors, what is the status of the 4680 battery cell development and yields? Go ahead, Drew Baglino. Yeah, first I'll just start with a little bit of a production update. So in Texas, 4680 cell production increased uh, 80% Q2 over Q1, and the team surpassed 10 million production cells produced uh, here in Texas. So congrats to the team for that. Their focus on yield reduced our scrap bill by 40% quarter over quarter, and that res- resulted in a 25% reduction in cell COGS. Um, here in Texas, we're preparing to launch our Cybertruck cell, which is 10% higher energy density than current production. Uh, that was accomplished through process and mechanical design optimization. As we scale cyber cell production through the end of the year and early next, we should be in a com- comfortable place on cost per cell. Um, against our battery energy density targets, the cyber cell is at our expectations on a like-for-like electrochemistry basis. We're yet to integrate uh, silicon or uh, in-house cathode production, both reviewed on battery day, which do bring significant further energy density and cost improvements, but that is a topic for another day. Um, Lastly, it is important to remember that most of what we focused on at Battery Day was the Tesla-engineered 4680 production system and the improvements we strove to achieve on equipment, factory density, capital cost, and utility cost reduction, all of which we are realizing in our Texas scale up to date. 
Well, if you had 4680 update on your bingo card for this earnings call, as I did, be sure to mark it down and uh, shout out bingo if, if you've won. Anyway, I am thrilled to hear this update in all seriousness. This is the first time that we've heard Tesla talk about a Cybertruck specific 4680 cell, which to me is very exciting. And about that, I'm really glad to hear that they've achieved a 10% energy density bump. That's good news. And they've even given it an unofficial name, appropriately, the Cybercell, which I like. So uh, it, seriously, I do genuinely appreciate these updates on the 4680 battery cell development and production on these calls because it's important. I mean, as I've said before, this is the next 10 years of Tesla. It's, it's the foundation of the next decade of the company is these 4680 battery cells. So speaking of battery cells, here's some more good news on that front. Yeah, as you mentioned, Zach, we, we've naturally been a little bit hedged from the lithium position because of the, the long-term contracts we have in place. But we have seen reduction in pricing uh, across the board for all commodities that uh, specifically go into batteries, such as nickel, cobalt, and, uh, and graphite. And the reductions in pricing translate into thousands of dollars when you look at it uh, from a uh, per-vehicle impact. Uh, we're taking advantage to extend some of those fixed price contracts uh, through the end of the decade. Uh, so it's a playbook that we'll continue to kind of go back to um, as we look to the future. Well, unfortunately, some of the answer broke up on the call there. But in any case, lithium prices, as you all know, had been through the roof, which is part of what fueled the Tesla price increases. Although Tesla, as they mentioned, has been somewhat insulated from that by virtue of the long-term contracts that they're locked into with their commodity suppliers. But it's still so great to hear that prices on all commodities you heard a few of them listed there, have now been coming back down to earth. So what I take away from that is hopefully this means that there are no more price increases on the cars in the cards for the near future. Next clip I have for you was the biggest surprise of the call. You heard me allude to it at the very, very top of the show when you first pressed play on this episode. So Elon Musk... Can we finally transfer our FSD package to a new car? Uh, yeah, this is a question we get asked a lot. Um, so um, we're excited to announce that uh, for Q3, we will be allowing transfer of FSD. Um, <laughs> this is a one-time amnesty. <laughs> <laughs> so um, uh, it needs to be you need to take advantage of it in Q3, but... Um, or at least place the order in Q3 with, within with, within reasonable delivery timeframes. Um, so, um, yeah, yeah, you, you, yeah. I hope this makes people happy. But <laughs> 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 we don't get doing this is one time thing. Okay. <laughs> okay. I don't want to poo poo this entirely because I do genuinely appreciate and I applaud Tesla for listening to its customers and making some kind of olive branch offering on this. Because make no mistake, if this wasn't upvoted enough ahead of time to get asked on the call, and if all of you hadn't kept tweeting Elon and the Tesla account about this, I guarantee this would not have happened. And there is some really cool stuff here. I mean, for starters, this gives folks who have 2016 and 2017 S's and X's a chance to get a car with either hardware three, if you're buying a three or hardware four, depending if you're gonna do another S, X, and potentially a model three, since those have been starting to deliver 
with hardware for. So there's there's that, and and you'll get to keep your FSD without having to shell out $15,000 for it. So there is some recognition of loyalty here, which I do appreciate. And then kind of just, again, I hinted at it just now, but from a more broad technological perspective, especially if you're planning on keeping your next Tesla for a long time, this is a chance to move to a hardware for car. If you are doing an S or an X specifically, and then again, potentially a Model Y, since the Y has, has been starting to deliver with hardware for. But all of that said, there are some significant flaws in this offer. First and foremost is that with all due respect to Tesla, it's really being done, at least it's seemingly being done, in my humble opinion, for Tesla's benefit rather than their customer's benefit. Why do I say that? Well, they just got done telling us to keep our expectations in check for production and delivery numbers in Q3 because they're doing multiple factory upgrades. Thus, this is a demand lever that they are pulling for one quarter and one quarter alone because guess what? Q4 is gonna be huge, Q4 is always huge. You heard Elon say that they're only gonna do this once and we've gotta take him at his word. I mean, I hope that it's that he's not correct about that. I'm not saying I hope he's intentionally lying, but I hope that if he's truthful in his intention now, that they change their mind later and that they do offer this more in the future. But again, for now, taking him at face value, he says they're only doing this once. The biggest flaw in this, I think is it's pretty fair to say, it's the timing. It's I just don't think it's particularly fair to your loyal customers to say, okay, we're finally gonna give you a chance to transfer your FSD, but uh, it has to be in the next 90 days. Because most people are, I guess I can't speak for most people, but I don't know, I, I can certainly speak for myself and I think it's probably fair to say for a lot of Tesla buyers and just car buyers in general, that most people are probably not in a position to purchase a new car in the next 90 days when they potentially and probably had no plan to do so, especially with interest rates being as high as they are right now. So I get why this works for Tesla, as I just mentioned, but I would have loved to see Tesla handle this differently in some kind of more flexible way. Maybe offer a lesser credit for those who say, put in a deposit on a new vehicle uh, you know, this quarter, but then let's say you have a year to make a purchase, to say, hey, you know, put, throw, throw a deposit of some amount down, thousand bucks, whatever it is, to make a deposit on a, maybe even a non-refundable deposit on a, on a future Tesla purchase sometime the next year, but if it's not in the, three, the next three months, you'll get a, I don't know, $10,000 credit or a $12,000 credit towards FSD instead of the full, complete, free transfer of it. I don't, again, there are probably better ideas out there, but you get my point. And I wanna dig into this a little more, but first I wanna thank listener Eric Lasky, who sent me the terms and conditions form 
that Tesla is sending to eligible customers on this. I'm going to buzz through the nine, yes, nine requirements on this real quick. They say, in order to be eligible for this program, you must be the legal and registered owner of Tesla vehicle that currently has full self-driving capability included at the time of the delivery of the new Tesla vehicle. Number two, you must take delivery of your new titled Tesla vehicle between July 20th, 2023, in other words, the earnings call day, that day, and September 30th, 2023, the end of the quarter. Number three, you must accept the forfeiture of the full self-driving capability on your current Tesla vehicle. Alternatively, you can choose to trade in your current Tesla vehicle altogether directly with Tesla when you purchase your new Tesla vehicle. Number four, the full self-driving capability can only be transferred once and so cannot be transferred to another vehicle or to another person, even if the vehicle is privately sold. This offer cannot be combined with any other promotion and is not redeemable for cash. Number five, Tesla reserves the right to change, modify, or terminate this offer at any time without prior notice. Number six, you must accept the forfeiture of full self-driving capability on your current Tesla vehicle is non-reversible after you take delivery of the new Tesla vehicle, even in the event that you cancel or reverse your purchase after you have taken delivery. Number seven, used vehicles and vehicles for commercial purposes are not eligible for this program. Number eight, Tesla may remove the full self-driving capability from your new vehicle if it determines in good faith that you have breached any of these terms or made any misrepresentations about full self-driving on your current vehicle. And number nine, finally, this offer cannot be applied retroactively after the new Tesla vehicle is delivered. So unfortunately, it pretty clearly states there that you have to take delivery by the end of the quarter, AKA September 30th. And I say, unfortunately, because, and I, I went back and listened to the clip that all of you heard again, just to make sure I had it right in my notes on the call. Elon said that you have to at least place the order in Q3. So that is not correct. Just to make sure that you're clear on that, you must take delivery in Q3 despite what the CEO of the company just said on the earnings call in the clip that you just heard. So in other words, if you are interested in taking advantage of this, do not wait until the last week of September to place your order if you have any intention of taking advantage of this. And if you do plan to buy a Model 3 specifically, you're also on a you know kind of more emotional level, I guess, you're going to have to accept the fact that you are almost certainly going to just miss the Project Highland revamp of the Model 3. On the plus side, if you are going to take advantage of this by buying an S or an X, you're definitely getting hardware for. So that's cool. Although you will lose out on the ultrasonic parking sensors that your current Tesla has. Still, the bottom line is that I am really happy to see Tesla offer something here. They are offering something meaningful. 
I give them kudos for putting a 100% completely free FSD transfer on the table. It's just a shame that it's on such a short take it or leave it timetable. But this was unquestionably, in my humble opinion, the biggest news of the entire earnings call. And I guess this is a good spot to just mention uh, the Tesla folks that are in charge of the referral program mentioned on Twitter this week that they are dropping the no social media, no YouTube promotion of your referral link. So I guess here I'll just mention, if you do plan to buy a new Tesla this quarter and you don't already have one, because if you have a, uh, I guess if if you're doing this, you can refer yourself. So I guess this doesn't even apply. But if you do need a referral code, if you're a new Tesla buyer, if you need a referral code, See if you can find a friend, family member, coworker that's got one. But if you do need one, I'm now allowed to say mine on the podcast without uh, violating the terms of the referral program. Mine is you have to use the referral link to order to get the benefits of the loot box points. So my referral link is ts.la slash Ryan73014. Just type that into your browser, order your car, and the uh, referral bonus will be baked into it. All right, next up, the next clip I have for you, Elon was asked about Cybertruck pricing. When are we going to hear about that? And its full list of features. The demand is, is, so, is so far off the hook, you can't even see the hook. Um, so that's really not an issue. Uh, but I do want to emphasize that the Cybertruck uh, has a lot of new technology in it, like a lot. Um, it doesn't look like it. <laughs> it doesn't look like you know any other vehicle because it is not like any other vehicle. Uh, so um, at the, and the production ramp will move as fast as the slowest and least lucky element of the of the entire supply chain and uh, and internal production. So um, you know I, I wouldn't expect you know it, it, I, I hope it's smooth. You know we're certainly better at production ramps than. than we, we, we have, you know, we've, we've got a lot of experience with production ramps, but you know, it, a first order to first order approximation is there's like ten thousand unique parts and processes in um, in a you know in the Cybertruck, and if any one of the, it'll go as fast as the least lucky, you know, least well executed element of the ten thousand. So, um, always very difficult to predict the the ramp initially, but um, I think we'll, we'll be making them in high volume uh, next year. Um, and we will be uh, delivering the, the, the car this year. Well, this was really the last mention of the Cybertruck on this earnings call. So I'm very eager to see how quickly the production ramp is going to go. I mean, you heard Elon say that they're better at ramping than they've ever been before, that, you know, obviously they get better every time, and they've done it a number of times now across four different vehicles and several new factories. And the Cybertruck is supposed to be designed for ease of manufacturing, which obviously includes the complete lack of a paint shop. Tesla is certainly also more incentivized than ever now to ramp the Cybertruck as quickly as possible because they know how many reservations that they have. All right, this next clip was about whether or not repairs to gigacasted cars are more complicated and whether or not Tesla is passing along, basically passing the bill along to their customers 
by making the you know gigacasted cars being cheaper for them to make, but more expensive for we the customers to repair. Can you share some details about the initial repair experience with Gigacast vehicles? That, that must be why everyone's copying us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, thanks, Elon. This is Lars. Um, and Martin, that, that's like simply not true. There's a misconception that traditional bodies are easy to repair, but they're made of multiple materials and multiple joining methods. Spot wells and rivets have to be drilled out. Panels and structural adhesive have to be chiseled out. Dried adhesive has to be removed, stampings yeah. cut, blah, blah, blah. It's a, it's a crazy patchwork quilt. Yeah. And so putting that back together means time and money. Um, using an example of replacing a rear cast rail on a Model Y um, to do that versus like what we replaced it with from the Model 3, it's 10, 10 times uh, cheaper and three times faster to do it with the cast rail. My design team works with our collision repair team since we're closed loop on this um, with insurance. And we design specific parts that are make it easier and faster to repair. We have an incentive to do that because we have our own insurance and our own body shops. Um, we expect that we'll continue to do this and collision repair will continue to become cheaper and faster over time. And we already make this available to all body shops through our Tesoro approved uh, body shop training. Yeah, closing loop on collision repair and uh, factoring that into design is, is a big deal. It's crucial. Um, I don't think anyone else can do it with that ecosystem that we have. So. Yeah, and, and we are actually able to change the details of the casting with inserts. Um, and we actually do do that all the time. Um, so, because the, the insoles actually wear out and uh, need to be replaced uh, anyway, so we can actually make design changes to the inserts and tweak the castings. To, um, but the the, the casting, you know, basically, a cast uh, rear rear body or front body uh, is lighter, cheaper, uh, better for uh, noise vibration or harshness, much easier to manufacture, and it's better, it's better in every way. Um, and that's why so many other car companies are copying us. Is <laughs> probably. They don't know they fit. well. They certainly put out a lot of press mm -hmm. releases about mm -hmm. it. Um, I think it's basically going to be how old cars are made in the future. Well, I'll be honest. I've personally never heard about casted vehicles being tougher to repair, and thus the burden is passed to the consumer on those cars when they need repairs. But this question got upvoted enough to get asked on the call, so there must be something to it. Still, it was nice to hear Lars speak to it. You heard Elon chime in, and they talked about how Tesla improves their casting process on a continual basis, thus making the cars just rapidly better. So do with that answer as you will. Uh, next up, how many Tesla bots have been made so far, Elon? Uh, next question, how many Optimus bots uh, have been made, and when will they be able to start performing useful tasks? 10 million. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think we're around five or six bots. Like, you know, there's an we're, we're ten, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, which depends on which how many are working in what phase. But um, it's a it's sort of you know, yeah, um, like there's there's more more every month. Um, the, the interesting thing, a lot of interesting things, a lot of interesting things about the Optimus bot. Um, uh, we found that there are actually no suppliers that can produce the actuators. Uh, there's no, there, there are no off-the-shelf actuators that work well for a humanoid robot um, at any price. Certainly um, not compelling humanoid robot. Yes, not not a not a humanoid robot that can do stuff that you know the things that a human could do. Um, so we've actually had to design um, our own 
actuators uh, that uh, integrate the motor, the power electronics, the controller, um, the sensors, and um, really every one of them is custom design. Um, so, uh, and then of course we'll be using the, the same uh, inference hardware as the car. Uh, so, uh, you know, and but, but we are in designing these actuators, uh, designing them for volume production. So they're not just lighter, tighter, more and more capable than any any other actuators we have that that we're aware of that exist in the world. Uh, it's also actually um, manufacturable. Um, so we, we should be able to make them in volume. Um, the the first uh, Optimus that is that will have all of the Tesla designed uh, actuators, sort of production candidate actuators, um, it integrated and, and and working should be around November ish. Um, so. Uh, and then we'll 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 start ra ramping up after that. Um, you know, in terms of when we'll be able to do some useful things, we'll, we'll, like we'll first be trying this out in our own factories and just proving out its utility. But I, I think I think we'll be able to have it do something useful in our factories sometime next year. Um, I, I would be, yeah, I'm pretty pretty confident of that. Um, so, yeah, and it's going well. Uh, I should say another cool thing about Optimus is that, you know, there's just in the U.S. alone, there are 2 million amputees. Um, and um, I was just talking to the Neuralink team, and um, by combining a Neuralink uh, implant uh, and a robotic arm or leg, for someone that has has had their arms, arm or leg, or all arms and legs amputated, we believe we can give um, basically a cyborg body that is uh, incredibly capable. Um, Six million dollar man in, in real life, but it won't cost six million dollars. <laughs> Sixty thousand dollar man. <laughs> it sounds impressive, but it's it'll actually you know. It, it, so so that, that that actually could be a really, I think would be incredible to you know potentially help millions of people around the world, um, and, uh, and 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 give them you know a, a robot armor like that is uh, as good maybe long term better than a biological one. Well, if you haven't picked up on it from the handful of clips that I've played you so far, from listening to the entire call, I can tell you that I definitely got the sense that Elon was in a really good mood on this call, which is nice to see, because we've definitely heard him on earnings calls in the past when he wasn't in a good mood. So I hope he's doing well. I mean, it sounds like he is, or at least he was having a good day that day. And I will say, I definitely did not have an Optimus update on my earnings call bingo card, but it was upvoted enough, so there you go. Very cool as well, as well to hear that Neuralink and Optimus might one day be able to help disabled people regain more mobility. I mean, that's what technology should be doing, right? That's awesome stuff. Love hearing about that. Okay, now there are two more clips that I have to play for you as we get to the analyst questions portion. Most of the analyst questions, I have to say, first of all, there, there actually just weren't that many on this call because, you know, they only do an hour. They cap it at an hour. They don't go 
You know, they don't go until an X number of analysts have been heard from. And the long opening statement from Elon, and they they did do a lot of retail investor questions, which, again, I for me, for my purposes of being interested in the cars, I, I tend to prefer the, the retail questions because they tend to cover topics that I'm more interested in. And in this case, too, so you not only had that, but the analyst questions, understandably, tend to focus more on the financial side of things, which I'm not as interested in, in terms of what I want to talk about and play for you on this podcast. So just two analyst question clips. This first one is about AI and Project Dojo. They were asked, well, what will you be spending on Dojo? Sorry, are you saying how much are we going to spend on Dojo? Or Yeah, it will R&D of Dojo. Yes. Um, well, we're not going to be open loop on our dojo expenditure. So, um, but I mean, I think we, we will be spending, you know, totally north of a billion over the next year on, on, you know, through, through the end of next year, it's well over a billion dollars in dojo. Um, and, um, yeah. So, I mean, we've, we've got a, a truly staggering amount of, of, uh, video data, to do training on and this is another thing i like like in, to, in order to copy us you you also need to spend billions of dollars on on, on training compute i mean it's like and it's it's also hard to you know you need, you need the data and you need the training computer it's like i think, think all the things needed to actually achieve this at scale to for a generalized solution for autonomy is it's, it's this is such, this is one of the hardest problems ever um you know, you see a lot of AI companies doing, you know, LLMs and and and, and whatnot. And I'm saying, if they're, they're so great, why can't they make a self-great driving car? Because it's harder. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but I do think that's that's I think there's some you know great great AI companies out there. But, um, but but just fundamentally, the 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 the, the staggering amount of data we've got to process has got to be processed somehow. And custom silicon is the best way to do that. Um, so that, that that's what Dojo is, is designed to do is is uh, yeah optimized for for video training. Um, it's it's not optimized for LLMs. It's optimized for video training. Um, with uh, with with video training, um, you have a, a a much higher ratio of compute to memory bandwidth. Um, so uh, you know, whereas LLMs are, tend to be memory bandwidth choked. Um, so that's uh, that's it. I mean, um, but like I said, we're also we have some we're, we're using a lot of NVIDIA hardware, and we continue to you you know we'll we'll actually take the NVIDIA hardware as fast as NVIDIA will deliver it to us. Uh, tremendous tremendous respect for uh, Jensen and NVIDIA. Um, they've done an incredible job. Um, and, um, and frankly, I, I don't know I, if, I, if they could deliver us enough <laughs> GPUs, we, 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 we might not need a dojo, but they can't. <laughs> so they got, they got so many customers. Um, uh, they've been kind enough to, you know, nonetheless prioritize some of our, our uh, GPU orders. Um, but, um. Yeah, the, the, the sheer magnitude of video training, because like I said, we're, we're not trying to just get as good as human. We want to get to, you know, 10 times better than human, maybe 100 times better than human. Um, 
right now, I believe there's something on the order of a million automotive deaths per year. And um, and then if you say permanent uh, serious injuries, I think it's probably closer to 10 million per year. Um, and, um, you know, so it matters if you, if you're, you know, you're twice as good as, as, as human, 10 times, you know, it, it, like 10 times more than human would, would still mean a hundred thousand deaths, um, and, and a million se- uh, severe permanent injuries. So it's like, okay, well, we'd rather be a hundred times better. So there's, there's really, you know, it's, it's a march of nines and, and we want to achieve as perfect, uh, safety as possible. Um, and uh, vast, tr- truly mind-boggling amounts of video and 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 computer needed for that. So, uh, and then I do, th- you know, I do think there's there's other applications for for Dojo, but we just desperately need it for video training. Great. Just to just to add to what Elon mentioned, so you know the numbers that he mentioned are, um, you know, between R and D spend and capital spend, yeah. and you know th- this is moving quickly. Um, you know. Our, uh, and so we provide a three-year outlook on our capital expense. We are considering uh, these these expenses in that outlook. Um, and as that moves up and down, we'll continue to update our guidance in the queue. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I want to say the, the, the fundamental rate limiter on the progress of full self-driving is training. But that's if, if, if we had more training compute, we would get it done faster. So... That's it. That's it. And, and it's just difficult to predict how quickly yeah. we can execute on it. Not unlike how Tesla isn't just using their own battery cells, but will also use any cells they can get their hands on from suppliers, so too is Tesla's hunger for GPUs so great that they will not only use the Dojo chips, but also everything they can get from NVIDIA. You heard Elon show a lot of respect for NVIDIA there, and understandably so. As a gamer... I have personally seen what they've done in the video card space. I mean, graphics cards now can do so much, although that performance doesn't come cheap. But anyway, I agree that Tesla has such a unique combination of software, hardware, real-time data, and talent that it would be virtually impossible for, I think, even the world's wealthiest companies, the Apples, Microsofts, Googles, and Amazons of the world, to reproduce what Tesla is doing in this FSD slash AI space. So bring on a new version of the FSD beta on that note. I'm ready for a new one. It's been over a month since we've had an update. I'll be eager to see what the autopilot team has been cooking up. All right, the final clip that I have for you was an analyst question that asked, what's the latest targeted timing for a big new version of FSD? And this was the response. You know, I've, my, as people have sort of made fun of me, and perhaps the, you know, quite fairly have made fun of me, my predictions about achieving full self-driving um, have, have been optimistic in the past. Um, and, and I, the, the reason they've been optimistic is what it tends to look like is the um, we'll, we'll make rapid progress with a new version of, of FSD. Uh, but but then um, the, it will curve over logarithmically. So so at first, like log, logarithmic curve looks like you know just sort of fairly straight upward line, diagonally up. Uh, and so if you extrapolate that, it, it, then you you have a great thing. But then because it's actually logarithmic, it curves over, and then there've been a series of log, stacked logarithmic curves. Um, now 
Yeah. <laughs> um, I know. I know. I'm the the the, the boy who cried FSB. Um, but I, 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 man, I, I think, I think we'll be better than human by the end of this year. Um, that's not to say we're approved by regulators. Um, and and I'm saying that and that would be be in the U.S. because uh, you know, we've got to focus on one market first. But I, I think we'll be better than human by the end of this year. I've been wrong in the past. I may be wrong this time. Um, and the, the, the price of FSD, so the, the weird thing is the price of FSD is actually very low. But, uh, it's not high. Um, when you go back to what I said earlier, the, the, the value of the car increases dramatically uh, if it is actually autonomous. Um, you know, $15,000 is, is actually a, a low price, not a high price. Um, and um, now we will offer, and, you know, and we have, I think we do sort of offer FSD as a sort of monthly subscription, although like, most people don't know that. Um, so I'd recommend like maybe trying it out as a monthly subscription so you don't have to go with the $15,000 thing. But I think, yeah, yeah, the, the obviously if, if the car is worth several times its original price, $15,000 is actually a low price for FSD. I did laugh when Elon referred to himself as the boy who cried FSD. And in all seriousness, I did appreciate that he was more grounded in his statement about FSD's progress, though he did say that he thinks they'll be better than a human by the end of this year. I mean, I'm not so sure we'll have a good way to measure that, like a good way to know if they achieve that goal or not, because I just don't know what an objective measurement would quite be, but... I will also respectfully say that it's easy to say that $15,000 is cheap for FSD when you're the richest guy on earth. I mean, for most of us, that's a lot of money. And they're, the only cars that have $15,000 options on them are supercars for, you know, very, very wealthy people that can afford hunt cars that cost hundreds of thousands of dollars. So $15,000 is not cheap. And, you know, that's I, I wish Elon would have a little bit more, I guess, appreciation for that, that, that it's it's not really a cheap thing. But anyway, at least, yes, the monthly option is there. So that's in Tesla's defense. It is nice that they offer that two hundred dollar monthly option. So there you go. Overall, for me, this earnings call, aside from that FSD transfer bombshell, not the most exciting call for me, a person who cares about the cars, but that's okay. You know, that's okay. We still got a lot of good information. Tesla had a great quarter that allowed them to make more money that they can reinvest back into the products to make the things that I care about, the products, make them better and create newer, more forward-thinking stuff, the fruits of which we will see in the next six to nine months between the Cybertruck and the Project Highland Model 3. So it is a great time to be a Tesla fan. Don't get me wrong. All right, that's the earnings call. That's most of the podcast, but not all of it. I've got your pro tip of the week and a little bit more coming up for you next, right after this. Hi, this is Franz von Holzhausen, and you're listening to Ride the Lightning with Ryan McCaffrey, the Tesla unofficial podcast. 
being that we're nearly 80 minutes into this podcast already, I'm not going to do any calls from the Ride the Lightning hotline this week. I want to be respectful of your time, but I promise I will get to your phone calls in the Ride the Lightning hotline next week. So if you do want to react to something that you heard on this show, the earnings call, or you just want to call in with a question or comment, there are two easy ways to do that. Either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software, record your question, please try to keep it to 90 seconds or less so that I can get to as many people each week as possible, and email that file to me at my podcast email address, which is teslapodcast at gmail.com. Or you can take that same 90 second or less question and just call in and leave a message on the Ride the Lightning hotline. Your message will then be delivered to me in a convenient MP3 form where I can drop it right into the podcast. That toll-free number is 1-888-989-8752. Again, that's 1-888-989-TSLA, and you can dial that anytime, day or night, 24-7. Okay, Uh, what's going on with me and my car this weekend? Well... Nothing really specifically with my car. I was uh, maybe going to wash it, but I think I'll wait till right before the Tesla takeover this coming next weekend. I got to have it clean and looking nice for that. But what is happening this weekend is my beloved Daisy the Boxer, who for all of you who've been listening for a while, you all know she's been through a lot in her young life with all the heart stuff. And fortunately, she is doing awesome now. She's in great health. And this weekend is her sixth birthday. Yes, Daisy the Boxer turning six. So happy birthday to my beloved canine companion, Daisy. I'm going to take her to Salt and Straw, which is my favorite ice cream place this weekend. For me, they have the best, not even close, the best vegan ice cream options, non-dairy ice cream options. And what's cool is they have new ones every month. There's a couple that are on the menu all the time, and then they rotate out different ones every month, too, which is fun. But for Daisy, they have a pup cup, specifically that's totally fine for dogs to eat, and Daisy loves it. She's had it a few times before, and she will have a Pavlovian reaction when uh, when she senses that we're close to salt and straw. She'll Fortunately, she doesn't start drooling, but she knows. She's like, oh, I'm going to get ice cream, aren't I? So going to do that with her this weekend. And again, the Tesla takeover, it's this coming weekend. I will be there on one of the two days, July 29th. I'll be there on Saturday. My panel, which I'm moderating, it's with other Tesla YouTubers and influencers. We'll be talking about a bunch of different stuff. That panel is at 2.10 p.m. And my meet and greet is right at 12 noon. I don't actually know exactly where at the event those things are going to be, but I'm sure there will be a directory of some kind that can point us all to where we need to go. So I look forward to meeting a bunch of you there, saying hi, and again, maybe a few of you will walk away from saying hi to me with a Giga Beer, if you're interested in trying that out. Uh, An entertainment recommendation for this week, a new show, sort of. It's actually a revival of a, of a longtime favorite show of mine from about eh, 10 years ago or so. And that show is Justified, starring Timothy Oliphant as Deputy U.S. Marshal Raylan Givens. 
I love that. I love Justified. It was such a great show on FX. It's back on FX. The revival, I think it's just like a one season, like miniseries thing. It's called Justified City Primeval. It's on FX. I'm watching it via Hulu. So if you've got Hulu, you can watch it that way. The first two episodes were good, and I can't wait to see the rest of it. Now, I will just caveat in case you're not familiar and maybe you're going to check it out. I mean, I guess if you are thinking of checking it out, probably go back to the beginning of Justified. Not that you couldn't jump in on this new one, but I would go back to the beginning. And But this this one specifically, City Primeval, definitely not a family-friendly show. There's, there's some language in there, so just be wary of that. Uh, if you are interested in checking that out. All right, time for your pro tip of the week. Phil from Kent, Ohio has us covered. Go ahead, Phil. Hey, Ryan, this is Phil from Kent, Ohio with a tip that I actually started cheering when I discovered this. I was running some errands tonight, and I noticed that the map was zoomed out really far. I wasn't driving fast. I was actually driving slow in a residential neighborhood, but I'm like, where is the side street that I need? And in the spirit of wanting to, you know, not take my hands and eyes off the road, I just pressed the right scroll wheel and I said, zoom in map. And it worked. And I said, zoom in map again. And it got me right to where I wanted. Also zoom out on map works great too. So zoom in and zoom out on map. I've never heard that one yet. And that actually is one that happens. uh, I'm going to use that quite often now. So I just wanted to share. Thanks again for the wonderful podcast. Hope to talk to you soon. Ooh, that is a new one for me, Phil. Thank you very much. I always appreciate learning new stuff about my car. If anybody else out there has a good pro tip of the week that you'd like to share with me and your fellow Tesla enthusiasts and owners, please send it my way via the Ride the Lightning hotline. I gave you the two ways that you can call into the Ride the Lightning hotline just a few minutes ago, so refer back to that, and I would love to hear your pro tip of the week. Before I go, let me mention some friends of the podcast that can hopefully be of use to you, be it now or at some point down the road. I'll start with abstractocean.com. They've got so many excellent aftermarket accessories for your Tesla, from the tempered glass screen protectors made with the the uh, aluminosilicate. I had to just double check my notes there. The aluminosilicate glass, the same stuff that Corning glass uses for Gorilla Glass, So they've got uh, screen covers for the 3 and for the Y. They probably have them for the S and the X, the new S and X too at this point. So check those out. They've got a lot of nice lighting kits if you want to either change the color of your accent lighting on the inside of the car or just the brightness or both. So they've got cool lighting kits there. Just a ton of stuff. Take a look, abstractocean.com. When you pile everything that you like into your online shopping cart and you get to check out, use the coupon code RTLPODCAST, all one word, no spaces, RTLPODCAST to get 15% off of your first order. Get your snap plate for those of you who either want or by law need a front license plate on your vehicle. You can get that from everyamp.com slash RTL. That is the front license plate bracket that I definitely recommend if you want or need one. 
It's a nice, clean, minimalist design, blends perfectly with the Tesla front end when it's installed. And if you wanna take it off, maybe you're detailing the car, you're taking it to a Cars and Coffee, you're showing it, you wanna take that front plate off, the front uh, plate and the bracket, it will leave no unsightly hardware behind when you do choose to remove it. Make those fix-it tickets go away. If you're gonna be parked at a parking meter or going through a, a toll road, a bridge, something like that. So again, get your snap plate at everyamp.com slash RTL. Budgetsafesolar.com. They took good care of me with my home solar installation. They can do the same for you, for your home or for your business. If Tesla doesn't end up working out for you, as it unfortunately didn't for me, again, I get it. Tesla's just trying to get as many solar installations done as quickly as possible. You know, they they were not willing to try and be a little more, do more of a custom job with my weird, narrow, old San Francisco roof, old San Francisco house. The, the roof's not old, the roof's brand new now, but <laughs> old San Francisco house. So yeah, if Tesla doesn't work, check them out, budgetsafesolar.com. They also offer home battery storage now with their solar panel installations. So you can get the whole kit and caboodle. If you are gonna do it, all I ask is that you use the referral code RTL. So go to budgetsafesolar.com to get in touch with them and to learn more. If you are in or going to be in the greater San Francisco Bay Area, you wanna take your car over to Immaculate Reflections. Jeff, the owner and proprietor there, an incredibly talented detailer and a wonderful human being, I guarantee you, you will have a big smile plastered across your face when you pick up your car after Jeff gets done with it. Whether you choose to do paint correction to get the actual paint finish looking as good as it possibly can, get all those factory flaws out, any flaws that may have accumulated since you've been driving the car. So you could do paint correction. Maybe you wanna do paint protection film on the front of the car or some various key areas of the car. Maybe you wanna do paint protection film over the entire car, that's an option. And or perhaps ceramic coating is of interest to you. That is, you know, it's basically just the next generation version of wax, of waxing a car. So you don't want the sun to damage your paint. Get yourself ceramic coated, get that car ceramic coated. Not you, not yourself. <laughs> that would probably not be healthy to ceramic coat yourself but get ceramic coat your car, uh, which Immaculate Reflections will do for you. And then you don't have to wax it for the next three to five years because ceramic coating lasts a long time. Any work that you do have done at Immaculate Reflections, when you get in touch with Jeff there, just mention that you're a Ride the Lightning listener and he will kindly extend the Ride the Lightning discount to you. He is very gracious to continue to do that and I appreciate that. And puretesla.com slash RTL. That is your one-stop shop for your dash cam and sentry mode setups because you need and want a good, fast, reliable sentry and dash cam setup. And the Pure Tesla kits use micro SD. They plug into your car via USB because that's all your car has but they are doing their reading and writing to a micro SD storage, which is really designed for the constant reading and writing 
that the Sentry Mode and Dash Cam do. Regular USB flash memory, eh, not so much designed for that. I've I've had USB flash memory sticks go like wear out and stop working properly because of the constant reading and writing that uh, dash cam and sentry mode do. So anyway, get yours at puretesla.com slash RTL. It's 49 bucks for the 128 gigabyte kit, $69 if you want to step up to the 256 gigabyte kit. Either are shipped for free anywhere in the US, so that's nice if you are international. They'll still ship it to you. They'll just be, of course, a, a modest international shipping fee. So check them out, puretesla.com slash RTL. I mentioned it at the top, but real quick, my Patreon, this podcast is free. It'll always be free, but it is listener supported. As I hope is clear, especially in weeks like this, the earnings call weeks, I do put a lot of time into this podcast every single week. I have the receipts to show it. And not just time, but a lot of energy, a lot of research, a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of love goes into this thing. So if you do see it in your heart to support me via Patreon, which is just all Patreon is, is it's a way where you can pledge a certain amount of money every month. I've got my $5 tier as the base tier, uh, which will get you early access to each week's show as a, as a thank you. Or there's that $10 a month tier that I mentioned earlier, which is the early access each week and the entire library past, present, and future of those lightning round bonus mini episodes that I do every week on Patreon. And then there are higher tiers still that have more perks that continue to stack up and accumulate. So uh, I'd be humbled and grateful if at some point, maybe today's the day that you choose to support me on Patreon. You can go to my Patreon page to do that and learn more patreon.com slash Tesla podcast, Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. If you're not already following this podcast or subscribing to it or whatever, whatever your favorite podcast service calls it, please do so. That way you'll never miss an episode. It's totally free. It's just a way to have the show push out to you automatically each week rather than you having to remember every Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific to go and find the new episode yourself. So you can subscribe to this podcast totally for free on all the major podcast services, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher for another month until it's uh, sunsetted, TuneIn, Spotify, uh, YouTube Podcasts as well, And if you want to find my YouTube channel, which again, all the podcasts live there, but there's, there's really no actual video, but if it's just convenient for you to listen via YouTube, go for it. Just search ride the lightning Tesla on YouTube and you should find my channel pretty easily. I am on Twitter and Instagram, the same handle on both DMC underscore Ryan. If you'd like to follow me on either of those. And my email address that you can email me about for any Tesla-related anything, teslapodcast at gmail.com. And with that, let me say hello and thank you to the Maximum Plaid and Roadster in Space tier backers and the grandfathered-in Plaid-level supporters, too. I will start with the Maximum Plaid crew. Thank you very much for your continued support and generosity to Jonathan Wales, Cameron Clark, 
Daniel Grummer, Seth Capello, Nick and Tony, The Galpin Family, Ryan from Las Vegas, Darren Nickel, Kaz Barnes, Brett Libano, Patrick Wisniewski, Gil Cabrera, Watley, Mark Eversoll, Todd Badger, Joe Edgel, Kevin Yank, the Tesla Owners Club of San Joaquin Valley. Looking forward to seeing those folks at the Tesla takeover. It's right in their neck of the woods. Michael Williams, Will Stedman, Tom Mills, Derek Nesselrode, Justin Perez, Jeremy Harris, Chris Beach, Alex Brem, Corey O'Donnell, Aaron, John Cody, Andre Kent, Joel Sapp, Kim Bay, Paul Casarino, Richard Corley, Chris Osborne, KB, We Drive Tesla EV Luxury Car Rental in Oahu, Chris Pratt, Ken Epstein, Doug Carey, James Gregory, Adam Lavoy, ContactOneCallCenter.com, Jason Chalukas, Travis Krenzel, Bruce Otterstein, Tom Behan, jo- uh, excuse me, Josh Pennington, and Matt Kalin. Thanks as well to the Roadster in Space tier backers, Pete White, Lyle Austin, Steve Radspinner, Fernando Cordero, Lawton from Chicago, Sean Neidig, Neil Weaver, Jackson Wallace, Rolf and Jennifer Evers, Howard Anthony Smith, Victoria Iacoveto, Tesla Hitchhiker 42, Carol Weston, Robert from near Philly, and Chase Lancaster. Finally, let me say hello as well to the grandfathered-in Plaid-level supporters who continue to back me at that otherwise discontinued support tier on Patreon. Thank you very much to George Cassiopo, David Brander, Logan Willis, Peter Chalet, Eric Randolph, Dory and Steve Guberman, the Tesla owners of Taiwan, Ron Lee, Charlie Gillespie, David Perella, Dennis Peake, Jeff Angwin, Chase Cabanillas, the Lydia family, Aaron Altschul, Jared Brown, Jerome Strack, Jamie Dalton, the Tesla Owners Club of the East Bay, Tesla Owners East Bay Club, I should correct myself, Mike, and I'll be seeing a bunch of them down at Tesla Takeover as well, Mike and Barbara from Louisville, David J. Howes, Matt Nixon, the Tesla Owners Club of Wisconsin, Ish, not Elon Musk, Peter, and the Bear Boys of Colorado. All right, that brings us to the end of one of four earnings call episodes that I do every year. I do love doing these. As I always say, they take a lot to put together. It is a sprint to do these for me because the earnings calls happen on Wednesday afternoon and I record on Friday evening. But I've gotten my process down pretty well now. But yeah, I always I always feel extra good and extra relieved when these earnings call episodes are done. So right now, after I read that last Patreon backer name. I just kind of go, okay, I made it. I landed the plane. We made it. I feel good. We're here. We're safe. (laughs) We're ready for next week. So if you've listened to the entire show, thank you so much for your time and attention. Those are extremely valuable things that I do not take for granted. And if you'll excuse me, I am going to head off and prep for uh, not just my puppy's birthday weekend, Daisy the Boxer's birthday, but I'm home alone. My wife and daughter have been out of town at a, uh, a family function of my wife's, and they're coming back tomorrow. So I'm looking forward to, to having a full household again. I wish you all a very wonderful weekend and week. Happy electric motoring, and I'll see you next week. 
I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. That's what it's meant to be. Our goal is to make it's it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. It's maximum fun.